Texas Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Texas. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. And by Independent Financial, banking for business, banking for life. In this episode, San Antonio Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Ed Arnold focuses on community with Patricia Mejia, Vice President of Community Engagement and Impact at the San Antonio Area Foundation. Thank you all so much for being with us again on Texas Business Minds. We are here with Patricia from the San Antonio Area Foundation. I wanted to bring you on and have a chat. First, just a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and how did you end up at the Area Foundation? Oh, thanks so much for having us. I'm super appreciative. Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm originally from Corpus Christi, so I'm a big Selena fan and also the home of Waterburger, just as a, a true Corpus Christian would do before Without we moved to San Antonio. Without a doubt. Um, I'm a came to San Antonio first generation college student to attend St. Mary's and graduated about 25 years ago and have been connected to community development and nonprofit organizations for the past 25 years. So half of that career was on the nonprofit side doing asset development and low-income Latino communities across the country. And then more recently, the past 10 years or so, I've been on the philanthropic side, which brought me to the Area Foundation. Excellent. Excellent. So I hear that the Area Foundation is about to celebrate a 60th anniversary next year, but there's some new changes that things are a little bit different. This is not the same Area Foundation that folks may be used to. So give us a little rundown. What's new and different and what are we to expect? Well, there's a whole bunch that's new and different, and I'll try really hard to keep it short. I think the most important part about coming up on our 60th anniversary is to really honor the space of our business leaders in the community. You know, they really played a very key role and continue to play a key role in the founding and going forward, right? So we had some uh, business owners who really had some extra dollars and a generous spirit, and they founded the Community Foundation and said, we got to figure out a pool of dollars to give to community needs need and do that consistently. So 60 years later, here we are, continue to build that repertoire of business owners who are connected and wanting to give to community. I think what's different for us is that we really have a laser focus on better understanding the community challenges. And what I mean by that is you've seen the headlines, right? We unfortunately always think of San Antonio about, you know, the cultural preservation mariachis and um, having people come to visit us and walk on the river walk. But we often don't think about the other side, right? The reality is that there are continuous great disparities in our community, and that is from income uh, segregation, one of the highest poverty rates in the entire country. And so the Area Foundation's really targeted and wants to spend the next uh, several years focused on improving the life outcomes for all of our community members. So taking those disparities in mind and then applying our resources to make some changes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, figuring out and delivering the highest return is always going to be what you're trying to search for as you change priorities and work and have the biggest impact is always the biggest goal. And San Antonio, it's fascinating. You make a wonderful point that we think about, you know, we have a beautiful and vibrant culture in our community and it's the middle of Fiesta. So there's no better time to talk about that. But also, you know, it is a town that has an impoverished community that's been ignored for many years. 
I was thinking about this. We were talking about it in a meeting, actually talking about news recently that San Antonio has a has a history of redlining in this community that really had a deep, deep impact on the changes that we've seen or the impact of, of people's poverty in the modern situation we see now. So there's been, you know, historic disparity. Uh, but how are you going to tackle such a giant problem? Like, what are you going to do? How's the Area Foundation going to find the biggest impact? Which direction are we going to go? There's there's so many different ways to prioritize. I'm curious how you're doing it. Well, you've actually teed this up perfectly. You know, we have a lot of business leaders currently connected either as donors or on our board. And I kind of joke with them to say, you know, you've given us the hardest challenges to fix. And, you know, I used to think that uh, this would be the perfect job. Giving away money is so fun. And, you know, it's a little fun, but it's so, so challenging for the reasons that you outlined, right? We've got some critical problems, whether you look at affordable housing, whether you look at access to health care, you look at the life differences. You can be born on one side of the city and have a 20-year different lifespan from another, meaning you would die 20 years premature if you live in a different side of town. And so what the Area Foundation is really trying to do is to align donor intent. So if you came to me tomorrow and said, hey, I've got a couple of million dollars that I really want to make an impact, I'd really want to better understand what your needs are and what your desires are. It might be around affordable housing, and we're going to target that. But I think the biggest thing that we're trying to do is to really push all the dollars to these targeted zip codes. Um, It's no secret that there are certain areas that um, have more challenges across all outcomes. And we want to make sure that all of our resources and investments are going to those areas. It's not just because, you know, they have some challenges, but really we all benefit, especially for the business sector, right? We saw right when COVID happened that all of the community really depended on the nonprofit sector to really hold our economy stable. And so for us, it's really looking at those most critical needs, whether they're in affordable housing or access to healthcare and putting dollars there. Sure, sure. And and it's always a challenge to make sure that you have the right impact, right? Like you may believe at the beginning that you've got a strong idea and you've got a good program and things are working the way you imagine. But there's also always a measurement aspect to it as well. And when you're dealing with business people, of course, you are going to be your major donors. They're always going to ask you about the metrics, right? They're going to ask you, how are we going to hit this goal and this target? Do you do those sort of things on a one-to-one basis with your donors? Is it really that closely tailored to what they're looking for? Yeah, I'm kind of just smirking over here because that's my my everyday life is to be the, the in-between of really trying to help all folks understand the great disparities, but then speak in the language that's helpful to whatever industry we're talking. So it truly is that tailored. So if, if you had an interest in affordable housing, I'd help, you know, have some conversations around the data. But how we're really measuring our impact is really focused on investments in those areas. And it depends depends, right? If someone's interested in the arts, we're still focused in those targeted zip codes and we're making sure that in, there's investments being made in our diverse cultural world, right? There's not just larger museums. There are some smaller organizations that actually have gotten national attention. You've seen some of the mural attention that we've gotten, one of the best places in the country as far as murals. And many of those are done by smaller nonprofits. 
So back to your question about impact, I think it's a broad definition, right? You can't necessarily measure the impact of a mural in the same way you would access to healthcare. So when I tell you that I'm just kind of giggling at your question, I really do have to kind of go in between these two worlds and push people to measure things differently, right? If you see a mural that you really like and it gives you some kind of smile and good feeling, that's mental health, right? right. It's not something that everybody thinks about immediately. Patricia Mejia joining us. Next, how she and her team stay connected with those in need when Texas Business Minds continues. At Texas Mutual, we know the importance of protecting your employees on the road. We create driving safety programs to help keep your people and your bottom line safe. Together, we can reduce driving accidents and drive Texas business forward. Business is safer, stronger, better with Texas Mutual. At Independent Financial, we know you work hard for your business. That's why we work hard for you. Ready to get down to business? Let's talk at ifinancial.com slash business. Independent Financial, banking for business, banking for life. So you were talking about the targeted zip code. So was it 17, 18? What was the? 17. 17. Okay. I find that fascinating because it's always makes sense to deliver, you know, services to the areas of the greatest need. That's always where your priority should be. But what we've also seen, you know, on our side, on the business reporting side, we've seen that a lot of places are being gentrified and the dynamic is changing rapidly in some of these zip codes. How do you keep track of which places you want to target and how you do that targeting? How's the evaluation of those? Yeah, so there's a bunch of different metrics that we found to get those uh, around affordable housing. Do people have access to homes? Do they have the opportunity for it to be in a good education system? Um, do they have access to healthcare? So there's multiple ways in which we have decided those 17 zip codes. But to your point about the business sector, you're right. I mean, places that had never been looked at before with real investment because of things like you mentioned, redlining, where we were intentionally excluding certain communities. Now we're looking at them saying, what can we do? We know that growth is going to happen and growth can be a really good thing. And we wanna make sure that it's balanced that we don't push out neighbors or businesses who have been there a long time. So our role is to really take a collective approach and go into the community and say, how can we balance the development to make sure that we're doing it in a a way that respects the community. An example of that is there's a great initiative happening on the west side and it is called Estad. The idea is that we support small businesses in that area. And it started with that, but we know that if you support small businesses, you're also supporting the families that live there. And we've got to figure out how do you do some ordinances that help to support kind of grandfathering people in who have lived in that community for a long time. So if a business starts to excel, it doesn't increase the property taxes so much that kicks a grandmother or their family out who's been there 100 years. So it's really, I think, smart development. It's looking at all the different pieces together. And it's a challenge and it requires constant tending. And that's why I'm not envious of you all having to manage that tending. I think that the choice and the balance between creating a system in which you or a neighborhood or community in which you've regulated development effectively is a really tough balancing act. We've talked about it a lot in our reporting, which is it's a balance that you want to allow a influx of new growth and new business without 
excluding those who are there already. And that's just going to be, there's no shortcut to that sort of thing, is it? You have to go learn the neighborhoods, meet the people, spend time there to understand the needs and who needs assistance and who doesn't and how it all needs to come together. How do you marshal those kind of resources? How do you get enough, you know, eyes on the ground to make that happen? Maybe you should work at the Area Foundation because I think as you're describing it, right, it is constant tending. It is uh, centering relationships. Um, But one of the things that the Area Foundation has transitioned into is a concept called uh, trust-based philanthropy. And what that really centers on is that we really do believe that the community has its own solutions, right? It's not that we have to come in as experts in A, B, or C issue. Instead, that we've just got to go and knock on doors. So in the case of, you know, continue to talk about the West Side, there are so many people whose families have been there for hundreds hundreds of years who have small businesses who have lived there and we want to connect with them and ask their opinion and connect with the developers as well and host that conversation. I think in many ways we can be a neutral party. So when I talk about trust-based philanthropy, what that means for the Area Foundation is trusting that community can come up with solutions and we simply have to facilitate. I say simply, but it is it requires constant tending. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, simple doesn't mean easy. Right. right. Like, so simple, something simple can be incredibly, incredibly difficult. Right. We understand what the solution may be, but getting to that solution doesn't, doesn't necessarily simple or necessarily easy. But I think that what you've touched on and what really the idea of trust based philanthropy really resonated in my mind because. I've heard so many times over my life of reporting and my family's work, et cetera, about how many times people who are the recipients of assistance often feel like they're mistrusted by those who are giving the assistance. And I think that that's a relationship that shouldn't ever feel antagonistic. And so trusting the people who and trusting the communities who are received, who need your assistance is really valuable. And it's valuable, not just in an effectiveness way, uh, because I do think that you're onto the right beat. The way that sounds to me is that all you're really saying is we're honoring the communities that need assistance. We're honoring their wishes very, very powerful. Yeah, I can, it's, it sounds simple, but it really is powerful. I think there's a misconception that people are in the place that they are because they didn't work hard enough. And unfortunately, that's really not the truth. There are all these other uh, factors, infrastructure around, whether it's not the best school, whether it's not the best access to healthcare, that really do prevent people from accessing opportunity. And for us, you know, really centering community, trusting that there is process, both on the development side and the growth side, as well as the community side. And we want to figure out ways to do that, that really push outcomes, not just for those targeted zip codes, but more so for the entire community, right? It speaks to who we are as San Antonians to move in this direction. We generally do care and we need to figure out a way to really kind of pull back the curtain on some of these inequities so that I think more people would be drawn to the charge. And that's what I think we want to do at the Area Foundation. Invite people to join with us in this very important task that all will benefit from at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't think there's any better way for us to leave the listeners on that message, which is getting involved, get involved now, and be aware of this wonderful infrastructure that you can take advantage of to help the community at large. It helps you. The interconnectedness of this city and the interconnectedness of your community, whether you're listening to this in San Antonio or not, it can't be denied. The only way to make it better is participation by us all. So that's a wonderful message to take. 
Yeah, absolutely. We invite everyone to join, whether it's as a donor, a small donor, a large donor, but more so in the conversation, right? We want everybody to be at the, feel like they have agency to make change in our community and the Area Foundation wants to facilitate that. Thank you again, Patricia, for taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that y'all are doing the work that you're doing in our town. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Texas and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. And by Independent Financial, banking for business, banking for life. Learn more at ifinancial.com.